Hey, good morning. Great Sunday morning. How are you uh, on the west side today? You relaxing outside with your, yeah, enjoying your Sunday a, morning routine? Yeah, a day where I don't have to put four or five layers on. I can just go outside and enjoy yeah, it. Man. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who's got some beautiful weather, man. We got a we got a guest today who yeah. uh, I've been I've been influenced by by many many years. Uh, someone from California, one of the most dedicated musicians we've had the privilege of talking to. I've got Mr. Ryan stopping by, which we'll talk about here in a minute. From bands such as Plank Eye and Stave Saker, Dane. This I told you about him, and obviously a lot of our girls use a lot of their music as far as in practice and and, and workout mm-hmm. songs and all yeah. that. This band, it's one of those uh, those quintessential bands where everybody who already does know about them. If you don't, you should have them part of your catalog. I own uh, every piece of vinyl I can get by them. I've got all their CD, yeah, CDs, Dane. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then not uh, to mention the digital, but there's, there's this movement because we've worked with people like, you know, Joey and then, of course, Yogi. And in the 90s, there's a movement from something called Tooth and Nail Records and just so many amazing, talented artists came mm-hmm. out. It was kind of like Underground when Underground was cool. They were part of that, you know. So yeah. um, I could go on for days, man. It's one of those people that have influenced my life heavily. Uh, we'll talk about that, but I don't want to waste any time. I want to bring on my friend here, Ryan. Mr. Ryan Dean, how you doing, brother? Good morning. Doing, doing all right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks again for uh, getting up before uh, uh, on that West Coast time zone, man. We appreciate you. <laughs> All good, so, man. Ryan, we uh, obviously, like I said, for years, I've yeah, told you we followed you and a musician myself, people like you, and of course, like the Demon Hunters and even uh, you know the PODs and so forth. Um, you guys have left an amazing impression um, on the world musically. Um, I feel like the best music came from the 90s, and it's no wonder yeah. you guys came from that time frame. So Dan and I both agree. Um, you were up our alley even before we began the show if someone wanted to get on, so I appreciate you taking the time. We've got some questions, Ryan, that Dan and I will ask you kind of back and forth stuff just to kind of pick your brain. Sure. Uh, Towards the end, we'll have some rapid fire stuff, and then we'll end it with kind of a preaching segment. Okay, so sounds good. So, Ryan, first question, man. Uh, when I look at obviously the musician that you are, and those bands we haven't even ever seen, you, you talk about before even playing guy and all that. Going mm-hmm. back to day one, man. As far as your your musicianship, when did you begin playing, you know, guitar and instruments in general in your life? Well, I kind of started playing guitar. Um by accident my brother was a uh, my older brother was the one of those guys who would sit in his room for eight hours a day learning every solo for every iron maiden and metallica song and stuff and once he had the uh once he had the solo down he would tell me ryan ryan come in here and he would teach me the rhythm part so i could play underneath his soloing so mm-hmm. um i, I kind of started that way and then um i i grew up across the street from uh eric balmer who was okay in plank eye and um you know we were best friends since we were like six years old and um we started our first band together in high school and um i started out as a singer and we were starting to write songs and uh i just kind of over time started picking up a guitar more and more while we were doing that. And then I just ended up realizing I was a better guitar player than I was a singer. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I just stick with that. Man, so I think so. You could say like even as as a young kid, so you were that quintessential story where you hear about those rock stars were just you know obviously I know your brother was doing the grind, but from an early age you just knew that you were going to play guitar or music in some fashion. Is is that fair to say? Yeah, I was always kind of a, attracted to it. It it wasn't until I didn't really start playing guitar 
kind of taking it seriously till I was like 17 or 18. So I was kind mm. of a late starter. Um, but once, once I started, it was, you know, that it was, was all, all there was. It was yeah. all downhill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, when did you guys playing at that young age, when did you guys first start uh, going out and doing, you know, no matter how small or big, start doing gigs. And do you remember your first gig that you guys did? Um, yeah, we started pretty quick. Um, you know, back in those days, especially, uh, here in Orange County, Southern Mm -hmm. California, there was quite a lot going on musically. There was so many bands. You guys talked about tooth and nail Mm -hmm. earlier. And a lot of, a lot of those early tooth and nail bands all came from our scene here in Southern California. So it was kind of, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of barriers to entry, but as far as like starting to play shows back then, we were just throwing our own shows all the time. So I think within a, a few months, we played our first show in our drummer's house. And then nice. uh, uh, shortly after that started, um, you know, we started meeting a lot of the other bands in, in the area, Focused, Plank Eye, mm-hmm. um, uh prayer chain and a lot of those uh bands from the early 90s all came out of this orange county scene you know we had we had shows going on seemed like every weekend there was there was a show going on here um but uh yeah we started we started playing out quite a bit pretty quickly so that's awesome Mm -hmm. oh yeah and with those kind of gigs i mean it kind of helps you cut your teeth and you know get over the anxiety of playing in front of a group i'm sure was that how you guys you know how long did that kind of you know that take that process of okay Ooh. we're in front of people and things as start, this is legit. Things start and <laughs> yeah, things start it, growing for you how did how did did all that kind of subside after a few gigs for you yeah 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 when way you know when you're you're uh young and uh overly confident you kind of think about i I would get more nervous for stuff later as i got older and more experienced ironically (laughs) but uh in those early days we used to joke about it all the time like later on when i was in staves acre um that back in those days when we were all in our first bands we would we would put on a show once a month and we would have four or five hundred kids at those shows and none of us had record deals or even any recorded music out but then later on we were in <laughs> Stavesacre and we'd we'd play a show here in in our hometown and we'd be lucky to get 200 people at a show so it was just there was something really special going on in in uh southern california back in mm-hmm. in the early 90s oh, yeah. and did you do you have a gig that kind of or a show that you guys have done with either just by yourself or with other groups that kind of sticks out in your mind is, is something that you'll never forget gosh there th- i'm so bad at this even like <laughs> when i listen to the other guys do podcasts and uh they'll always tell, tell all these stories i'll be like oh yeah i totally forgot about that i have a terrible <laughs> mer- memory but um i don't know you guys you guys had uh warned me that this question was coming and i was racking my brain and the the thing that jumps out in my mind is um i don't know if it was the first time we played uh it was a venue called the door in uh in deep elm in dallas texas um mm-hmm. but right on 
but it, it was it was the first time we played there after our uh, third record speakeasy came out mm-hmm. and i remember we were pulling up to the venue and there was like a line around the block and we're like oh, wow. oh shoot we're here on the wrong night like <laughs> this, we're not this 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 isn't for us and then sure enough we go inside and and uh find out that indeed it is for us and dallas ended up becoming like a second home to us maybe even a a first (laughs) home because we did a lot better there than we ever did in our hometown but um um yeah just that first time playing the door and we ended up having to play uh two sets that night because it was was oversold and and um so that's something that stands out in my mind is just being a a really cool experience just kind of realizing how um how special of, of a place Dallas was for mm-hmm. us and, and continued to be over the next, you know, still to this day. Yeah, man, man. Yeah. I, I think, I think about, it's interesting as I kind of take the next one and influences on my life. And like I said, I learned much more quickly than others that I, I thought I was going to, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm actually going to go to work, <laughs> but I would listen to right. when, the first song I heard by you guys. It was interesting. My uncle and I were, we were actually doing summer jobs. And I remember he had this, he was a tooth and nail demo. It was funny. There was further seems for things. And I heard this keep waiting track. I'm like, who are these guys? Cause at that mm-hmm. time, you know, it was like, this was, I want to say early 98 or something, you know, at that time um, when you could actually go buy a disc, but back then yeah. it was those dem- remember those demo discs, you know, yeah. I'm sure, you know, yeah. it's like the, different bands and all that so we're rolling around yeah we played that thing 45 times that day we got our work done i was like man i'm gonna go check this band out and then i noticed you guys had the two albums before speakeasy then of course gold and silver and i was like oh my god this 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 band's incredible you know it was all she wrote from yeah. there so it was just man just the way you guys uh um what i what i consider in that time frame it was kind of a cool thing is where we lived in we're in midwest we're in kansas and it was mm-hmm. kind of cool to be edgy you guys would play on the station we had called z91 it would come oh, on nice. like at mid yep. it was like midnight it would be like these edgy all the edge bands you know they're up and coming your teenagers to listen to that isn't like you know cursing and things it's fun so they play you guys yeah. right before like product 86 and stuff like that it was crazy yeah Kansas <laughs> so. was always great for us too we always we always had a, a really great time playing in uh in Wichita yeah and Kansas City um you know I love it I either 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 state side of uh Kansas City Kansas. but yeah we always we always enjoyed uh Kansas a lot too and that's man and I I go on to influence and not to mention I I think probably I I could I had to buy How to Live with the Curse three times because I kept playing it so much it would stop playing. And I was like, thank God for digital because I don't have to buy it again. And I just got <laughs> I just bought it on iTunes because I kept playing it over and over again, you know. And so anyway, just the influence you've had on us has been uh no yeah. doubt. So question on that, Ryan, as we transition sure. though, of mm-hmm. as far as obviously the influence you've had on people like me and and, and Dan, what's been your biggest musical influence in your career so far, if there is one? Well, um, some of the guys I play music with would probably tell you that that um, the edge is probably too much of an influence on me. But um, <laughs> from I got I got YouTube boy when I was mm-hmm. probably six years old. My mm-hmm. my brother came home with it and I was just instantly, uh, you know, in love. And uh, since since that age, YouTube has has mm-hmm. really and the edge especially have been um huge influences on me mm-hmm. um and then uh band out of new york called quicksand that's yeah. really been a big influence on all all of the guys in stays acre um mm-hmm. 
But uh, yeah, I tend to, you know, when I meet people just out in the world or at work or whatever, and they find out I'm a guitar player, they always want to talk to me about like, uh, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan and, and mm-hmm. uh, all these guitar players, guitar players. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't really. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I never really listened to them. I've never really been a guitar player guy. Um, um, you know, I've always been way more influenced by, by, um, like the you know, rhythm guys, side and so forth. Yeah. 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 Guys who were, who were, uh, you know, song first kind of guitar mm-hmm. players. Yeah. Yeah, man. So this next year coming into 2023, uh, is there going to be what's on the horizon for you coming into this year or with music? Are you guys doing some touring or are you guys just doing some writing or? Um, What's touring, on the- touring's really tough these days. Everyone having families and jobs mm-hmm. and us being spread out all over the country. Um, so not, not a whole lot of talk about touring, but we're kind of, um, always working on music. Um, you know, I'm actually heading up to the studio right after this to, oh. to, uh, to track some drums with Sam for some new oh, demos nice. that we're working oh, on. Nice. Um, and then also, uh, I have another band with Dirk and, uh, um, a friend of ours from, uh, Virginia named Andy Zipf and, uh, Alex Albert, who played drums in project 86. We have a, uh, another band called the lost chorus that is working on some new music right now too. So man, a lot going busy on. Man. Busy man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you, you can't, you can't turn off the switch, man. Once you start playing, you know, like I said, yeah. it's interesting. I, I go back to this and I don't mean to beat it at a horse, Ryan, but I remember when they first started talking about, obviously, like you said, working with, uh, you know, many, many different bands, but they, they called it the super group. Obviously the talent of what you did and, you know, Mark coming together when, in my opinion, one of the best songwriters period in music, in my opinion, you know, um, yeah. it, it, the, the super group mentality of how you guys did things. And now that you're still going to be honest, yeah, man, well, but, I, I think they mostly used that name before I joined the band. I think, <laughs> oh, no. I think once I joined it, <laughs> no. the, 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 super, uh, oh, the no. super stopped being used so much. But, uh, but, but think about, though, like yeah. what you did even – growing up and now with mm-hmm. still it's it's 2023 because if i remember right you joined in what 97 is that right is that when you yeah, 90, yeah. 97 98 yeah yeah 25 years later man that band's still going strong plus your side projects plus people are getting your music and then some it's it's like yeah. it speaks for itself you don't have to put an album out every year you know, like these, these these circuits nowadays where we talk to these new guys these new bands where they're grinding an album out every two years and have yeah. to hit the circuit it's almost like it's better the way you guys are doing it almost if i could dare to say like the tool method where when it's t- time you put it out you take your time put out a piece of art and then people just dig it for you know years to come you know <laughs> it's it's a cool way of doing it so right on well thank you yeah, man. Um, I think uh, as we transition for a second, so I'll, I'll stop fanboying out, Dan. I promise. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take a, a little detour to something a little more uh, like lighthearted. We always kind of pick our, our guest brains about some rapid fire stuff. Now, nothing, sure. nothing too hard. These are things, you know, just to kind of pick your brain as personality wise. So, um, is this the uh, the politics and religion portion? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't do that, man. We stay away from that. We, yeah, we, yeah. we've, we've learned our heavy, lesson there. Not too heavy. <laughs> It'll sure. be like. Mo- so, all Got right, it. man. So, you ready? On the count sure. so Here we go. One, two, three. What's one movie you could watch repeatedly and never get tired of? Embarrassingly, uh, North Shore. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, Dane, I don't. I don't think I've seen that one. Have you seen that, Dane? No, I haven't seen that one. Okay, I'll check it out. I'll make a note. Okay. Um, second question: If you could do a gig with one, I think I might know this. If you could do a gig with one artist, dead or alive, who would it be? Uh, you two. Yeah. I, I kind of. Uh, I actually had a chance to. Uh, um, a buddy of mine who does like merch for bands a few years ago called me up and said hey um i have an opportunity to go out and do merch for um i forget the name of the band but uh i had just accepted another job at the time i'm like oh no i can't do it sorry man and then uh, i found out the next day that they were going out opening for you too oh wow so, <laughs> oh man okay would have had well, would have had an opportunity but missed it okay next one kind of keep it on the music theme a little bit if there's mm-hmm. one song Ed, that you've ever listened to that you could have said that you wrote what would that song be one song that I listened to that I wish I would have written. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I keep coming back to it, but probably bad by YouTube. Okay, that's cool. No problem. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a fan favorite. Next question, because um, you guys still have these in in Orange County as well. When the ice cream truck rolls by, what's the first item <laughs> you're getting off the ice cream truck? <laughs> oh, uh, one of those uh, the ice cream sandwiches, but with the chocolate chip cookies. There you go. Yep. Oh, Guilty pleasure. <laughs> All right, man. And last question: uh, If you had to choose book or movie, what would you prefer? Movie. Okay, got it. I love it. That's just just some rapid fire stuff, man. Just personality uh, pickers, nothing too deep. So, Dan, I'll give it back to you for the (laughs) serious stuff. (laughs) Yeah, on this segment, we call it a preaching segment. We kind of open the floor to our guests, you know, to kind of, you know, with their careers that they've had, whether it be in sports or music, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody's carried something with them from the time they started to, no matter which level of success they've reached, is there something like a philosophy or a mantra that you've carried with you to, you know, get you through those tough times and keep you pushing towards whatever goal you're trying to reach, whether it's short term or long term, that would kind of help somebody else that's, you know, starting out their career to kind of help them move up through the the ranks, so to speak. Oh gosh, man. Um, you'd think, right. I probably <laughs> should have picked something up by now, but, uh, um, I don't know the the I would I would think um, the probably the thing that stands out to me is that it's 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 a lot of work and mm-hmm. all the bands we've seen around us that have kind of made it like I know you guys interviewed uh, Marco from POD but they were mm-hmm. ones that um, kind of always stood out to me like you see you see the bands that are that are doing well and uh without a fault they're the bands that are working harder than all the other bands and hard work that's kind of the only thing you can control about especially in in when it comes to something like music um but yeah man i get it yeah and, yeah. and that's that's an old that's an old uh, additive that you know even though it's a it's a it's something that you enjoy doing, it, it is work. I've heard a couple people say that when I, we're talking to a gentleman from a country band, he said you know they're doing 150 to 200 tour dates a year. That's kind of the way yeah. they grind out their thing. And sometimes it might be you know a musician work like I know you said working with different bands where the more you put it out there, you know the the better your chances are. That's my last question, Ryan. I think kind of maybe looking back on it, where you've been a, a part of both sides of this. You guys came out when it was which again. There's nothing like going to buy a seat. 
the artwork, listening, you know, looking at the credits and all that. I love that. Mm -hmm. But as a musician, and it's okay if you maybe don't want to go too deep in this, but do you do you think it was is now easier than ever, or maybe a little bit more of a challenge with it? Format, um, I guess, being a musician. What's what's your take on that? Um, where we are right now, musically, you know, with the digital and, and now vinyl coming back. I mean, do you prefer like it was back then, recording, or do you like it better now, or what's your mm -hmm. preference? You know. Um. Well, I'm kind of, I kind of like it better now. I was never, um, I was never really that into like packaging stuff. I, some of the other guys in my band, super into that and read all the liner notes. I never knew, even knew the guys' names in bands. I still don't know <laughs> like song names from, from my favorite bands. I just always was listening to the music. Mm -hmm. You know, I was immediate, I wasn't looking at the artwork. I was taking the, the record or the cd out and putting it in to listen to it so mm. i've never really been i've never really cared about all the stuff surrounding the music i just wanted to get to the music so i kind of like it now um you know there are it is there are pros and cons to to both ways whereas before you know you would have someone come in and and put up the money to put you in a studio and you would have you know experts in the studio who could record your music for you and make you sound good um you know that's kind of less of a thing now but you know people have a lot more agency now if they if they put in the work and mm -hmm. and and want to learn how to do it all themselves they they can i love it yeah. i love it yeah 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 it's yeah. speaking of the process of writing and and putting something together what mm -hmm. is what do you whenever you go into the studio, how do you approach uh, writing a song or even, you know, if somebody's written something, they give you a sample of what they're doing. And what is your process of either writing a song or adding to something? Do you, do you have a process that you enjoy going through? Well, yeah, there's no, um, there's no one way. I, I've never really liked uh writing songs by myself like from mm -hmm. from beginning to end my favorite way to do it still to this day is everyone in a room together kind of hashing it out with you know loud <laughs> instruments and stuff but that's that's kind of a less less possible thing these days mm -hmm. um but i yeah i really enjoy um like with the with the band uh the lost course that i'm doing Oftentimes it'll be um, Andy, the singer has a song that's like pretty complete and he'll send it and I get to just kind of, you know, add, add layers and stuff to it. I love I, it. I really I enjoy it. that. But um, yeah, I kind of, I, I, I like it always. I think it's, I think it's neat, Ryan, how, again, it's very, uh, always loved about watching you and i've watched a lot of your guys interviews for the years even like the cornerstone stuff and whatnot youtube youtube makes mm -hmm. these things awesome you always like you said you put the song first and that's really kind of humble uh and that's why i think so so many like album after album you go back from 94 to even like i said i live with the curse and then your last one 2017 you just put the music first and it's so uh great how you don't have to be in the spotlight but it ends up happening like man nobody nobody will ever forget the opening to gold and silver as an example with it and you just you put the music first man that's always something that is uh i think with great artists to separate them from those people that just want to be in the spotlight like you're you're accompanying this you know like those big bands that make it for 30 years it's all about letting go of their egos and working together to make the best song you know right so well, you, yeah, can, you can um, tell that about you 
Go ahead. Fortunately, my my lack of guitar chops have, have kind of forced <laughs> me to put the song first. But uh... oh man, man, <laughs> are you uh with? Because well, we'll make sure we uh, get it out. Let me know, man. Obviously, we'll stay in touch. On oh, whenever you get some of the uh, ready to produce or launch some of the Lost Course, I've let me know. You know, of course, yeah, promote that definitely. for you as well. we'll awesome. and, listen, that. and listen to it. Yeah, if you ever yeah. want to bring the the fellows on, it's an open invitation. I'm telling you, man. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. we'd love to. When you guys get ready to talk about it, when you get far enough in it, let me know, and we'll get you all on together, and we'll make sure to promote the heck out of that for you. Okay, so right on. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Well, Ryan, I uh, I can't say enough thank yous, man. Dan and I uh, yeah, again, definitely. thank you for dealing with uh, a super fan here, kind of geeking out over here. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> so we will uh, we'll definitely get this out as soon as we can, my friend. We'll stay in touch and good luck on the days ahead with the many products that you have. And like I said, let us know and we'll promote it as soon as we can. And we'll have you back on very soon to talk about the side stuff. Okay, definitely. so. Cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Of course, it. Hey, brother. Have you. a great week, man. Thanks for your time. You too. Uh-huh. Dane, so, so I'm telling you, man, um, that guy, as cool as they come, what do you think of him? You know? Yeah, I love it. I mean, you know, just how relaxed he is. You could tell that he loves doing what he does, you know, and, and it kind of resonates with how, you know, all these musicians that we have come on, they're just so relaxed because they enjoy what they do and, and, and it's... They're good at it. Yeah, they're great at it. He's he's part of this. What people so again, I'm gonna go technical for a second. The way you would teach me stuff on the soccer side. So with guitarists and all of you listening out there, there's two different types of guitarists that you'll hear these days. There's a, of course the lead guitarist, which does like the melodies and things like that. Those are people like your Eric Clapton's and Jimi Hendrix's and things like that. And then there's your your driving rhythm guitarist, people like James Hatfield. Um, Kurt Cobain, you know, um, people like Jerry Cantrell, for those of you and a lot of these newer metal bands, they just use rhythm where it's just driving, not a lot of extra fluff like the 80s stuff. And he is known yeah. for being what you call a part player. He, he kind of uh, d- did a different dynamic where he does a little bit of, of melody, a little bit of uh, the rhythm stuff, and then breaks it down. Almost, I guess you could say progressive, somewhere to like a mm-hmm. rush or something. It's how you break it down, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, just a very talented uh, guitarist, and I love it that the most talented ones don't have to say it. They just let the music do the talking, and that's definitely what he does is lets the music do the talking. If you guys haven't listened to them lately, go check out a couple of albums. There's one called Speak Easy from 2000 or 1999. Um, five or six, you know, that was their first. Uh, like when they broke broke out and kind of made it big. And then 06, there's an album they placed called How to Live with the Curse. Uh, Dane, they're kind of similar to how Marcos talks about where they have a very positive influence, but they also don't rub it in your face mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. them to a t mark is one of the best writers i've ever seen has actually done like writing like tutorials were just a just a stud uh, a musician and ryan of course multiple multiple bands and not to mention other guys too so man dan i, I can't say enough that was that was a buck another yeah. bucket list item off my my, my list oh yeah I'm, I'm in you know it's kind of a neck and neck race who i enjoy i mean i know yeah. i enjoy all of it but you know you go to Every sports time. you think man these people are such great personalities and you talk to the musicians you're like wow they're, they bring something yeah. completely different but just as enjoyable so i enjoy all man them. well man i tell you what on behalf of the show that was that was another uh, big one so again you guys go check them out they're all over spotify anywhere that you listen you got old school i got their cds too uh many many more we'll have the his side band on very soon yep. just like we're doing with yogi and others so i've uh, got a big week ahead of us Dane. so i'll get to that and kind of explain yep. Um, tomorrow is going to be a big music night. Again, we're finishing this week's probably the heaviest that we have left for music before we transition back into some sports. So tomorrow we have a gentleman named Josie Scott. Y'all know him from uh, formerly from Saliva. Yes. yes. And then we have a gentleman, uh, Brian, from a band called Toby Mac. For those of you that uh, are familiar with Toby Mac, uh, awesome, awesome group. Uh, their band is just uh, uh 
awesome, legit. This Thursday, we've got a couple people from uh, Robbie. He's going to stop by from formerly known a band called Midland. Uh, for those of you metalheads out there, we've got somebody called uh, Darren Pfeiffer from Hollywood Undead. Could be pretty awesome. Um, got another up and coming artist that we're working with, uh, Josie Knows Thursday, and then those country folks out there. We've got Harley from the band called Breland, and then next week we'll hit up uh, Ashley Van Boxmere, uh, p- pitching coach from Kansas City, as yep. well as Bobby, the drummer from George Strait. And then we'll go into a little bit more metal next week to then get back into predominantly sports for a while. So uh, lots, lots of lots of uh, interviews coming. We're still chasing down some leads as well, but yep. those are some ones that are locked in and uh, just good things to come, Dane. So what do you got for me, Dan? What do you think? Uh, I love it. I can't wait to look, you know, look into the minds of all these people that come in and, Mm. and, you know, once we get to sports or like I said, musicians, you know, they're all great people and with a great message of persevering through anything Mm -hmm. that comes your way. And and that's what I am starting to take from all these people that come on is just how, how they keep driving forward. And that's a great message to put to anybody. Well, I'll close it on this one because, again, I had to uh, really, really pinch myself on that one, Dane. You know? <laughs> so thank you for helping me through it. So I yeah. will tell you, as always, on behalf of Dane and I, the Dane and Josh Sports Show, and those of you out there, never forget that we love you and Dane. Thank you for listening.